It's episode nine of the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity. <laughs> <laughs> it's two dates before Christmas, and the creatures are stirring in the podcast studio. If you ask me, there are too many songs about Hanukkah. Welcome back. This should be a fun one, a special Christmas edition of the uh, Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project. RGVP. And uh, also a birthday edition. We are fresh off Anthony Jesselnick's 37th birthday on Tuesday. That's right. Happy That's birthday. Right. Thank you. Thank you. It's the day after. Uh, this is my most hungover episode by far. Yeah. That's why I think it should be uh, an interesting one. Brandon, what? Brandon's our producer, of course. Brandon, what did you get, Anthony? Uh, my gum, nothing. Awesome. He still hasn't awesome. uh, unblocked me from Twitter. So until oh, that happens, right. then you're not getting anything. That's right. Well, it's kind of like you gave me everything you had. <laughs> um, now, last night was fun. We uh, had a dinner. I took. I had some friends uh, come and join me at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, one of my favorite uh, places to go eat. You reminded me. I took. We went for your. Uh, we went for your bachelor party. Yeah, which well, you basically organized. That that was in L.A. too. Yeah, it was a great time yeah, last night. It was good. We had a very good time. I, uh, I my memory's a little fi- uh, hazy. Yeah, I bet. I, uh, I, I, I double doubled martinied. Which I don't, which I like to do. Um, two martinis, with a couple of bottles of wine for uh, for seven people, and then uh, I think some scotch at the end, probably. Yeah, you made us all stay and uh, <laughs> watch you uh, drink some scotch through purse lips, and you couldn't even come close to finishing it. By that point, it was almost like disgusting to you, even though it was blue, <laughs> blue label. Because uh, I really knew things. I knew things were going into a different place when you asked the entire table for the fourth time whether we were going to come back to your apartment you went through each and every person each time yeah uh <laughs> and I, I mean i enjoy repeating myself when i get that drunk i was a very happy drunk uh <laughs> i think the i woke up this morning i went to bed about three in the morning had had friends come over and then i made people watch a movie with me uh <laughs> which i watched the the whole thing and i i woke up laughing this morning because <laughs> we got back to my place one of my friends who was there uh, ricky said she had uh, she had like presents for me. She said, "I'll give it. Ba- I'll give it to you once we get get back to your apartment." And then gave me with like a, with like, a, like a, with a flourish, like made a big deal out of presenting this to me. Gave me two like very comfortable, very nice, high quality blankets mm. for my couch. And then five minutes later, I was like, "Ricky, what did you get me for my birthday?" <laughs> and everyone, even at that point, the night was like gobsmacked that I did not remember five minutes before her giving it to me. A um, lot of a uh, lot of things I'm being told that I did. Uh, but all good things, all uh, all good. Yeah, things. people were pretty gobsmacked when you when you kept be kept asking <laughs> over and over again. He's like, "Oh wait, you have a babysitter?" Because Emika and I, my wife, uh, we had to go head back home. We did we did not go to the after party or anything. But it was a great time. Ricky, Ricky, by the way, made a very touching uh, toast to you that you probably don't remember oh. uh, during dinner. So you should ask her about that too. I don't remember it. What was it? Oh, just just basically that you were, you know, despite, you know, people might think you were a jerk or anything, but basically that you've got everyone's back. When when you become friends with Anthony Jeselnik, he's got your back. Okay, I kind of remember that now. That was very uh, that was very nice of her. Uh and I do. I have uh, I have all my friends' backs uh when I'm blackout drunk on my birthday. <laughs> um but yeah, that was a good uh that was a good time. Thank you for uh thank you for coming. Yeah, you're coming for Christmas too. Mhm. Yeah, give drop in. give the god kids uh you watch them open the presents that you got them. So yep. It'll be fun. Which I'm excited about. It's quite a week. Puppets in a truck. That's what they're getting. <laughs> That's what the God kids are getting. 
Um, let's do uh, let's do what was cut. <laughs> that was Roger Goodell. Uh, we are, of course, uh, still with the NFL rules. If you listen to the podcast, we're allowed to play two hip hop songs. Uh, and then we have to play um, NFL-mandated uh, music that Roger Goodell himself produced and oftentimes played on. Uh, he doesn't always play every instrument, but he can. Uh, and he does, and that's him on the xylophone. So that counts as one of the hip-hop tracks, I think. And we'll see. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, we'll see what comes after that. Uh, let's get into what was cut from last week. A uh, couple of words. A couple, uh, couple of words. I think I said the word uh, slang for a cat, um, which I, I think I said that, and Greg dropped an F-bomb. Mm. I believe um, I talked about a joke was cut where I talked about <laughs> edited because we balled too hard. I'm sure I made some inappropriate joke about uh, what went on there. I don't remember the exact joke, but that was certainly cut. Uh, I made a joke about uh, Pagano. Uh, Chuck Pagano can't be eaten by his bosses uh, because of the disease that he had, which I'm not allowed to joke about. Uh, I also compared a junior Seau to Airbud. Uh, Touchdown, Airbud. In a bad way, if you know anything about Junior Seau. Um, and then I, we, we, a joke got cut where I said uh, the commission <laughs> edited to add more xylophone. <laughs> that's gotta get cut again. Uh, the fifty-nine, <laughs> the fifty-nine miles to Jacksonville. That that tune stuck in my head this week. I, I'm not even joking. I've kind of, I've kind of, you know, it's run through the head a few that times. Sounds, uh, Plus one of our our podcast listeners. Uh, Left some comment, 59 miles to RJVP, so I like the shout-out there. That's a good uh, That's a good one. Um, 59 miles to Jacksonville, though, is still maybe one of the worst titles <laughs> of, uh, of this song or any other. Uh, let's get into headlines. That was Roger Goodell. Uh, that was another. I think that was the same song. There's a different part of the uh, the same song. If you've ever, if you know Roger Goodell, you know he can play the spoons like nobody's business, and he plays that tune a lot with the spoons. But this was a xylophone. Uh, I think it was one of the xylophones that uh, that I got him for his birthday last year. Mm. He wanted to just lay something down, and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and knocked it out of the park. I think that's a uh, that's a great song. I uh, still need to get you a birthday present. Maybe you would want a xylophone. I Although we all took you out to dinner, I guess that's kind of a present. Yeah, I mean, it it's, it's as much of a present as I expected from you. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I could not kick a xylophone down the stairs. I have no musical talent. I'm like the, I'm like the opposite of Roger Goodell. <laughs> that's true in many ways. Uh, this week, another man who's the opposite of Roger Goodell in so many ways, Odell Beckham, has been in the news. I don't think anyone listening to this could have avoided this story. As we tape here on Wednesday, the 23rd, working hard, right? up until the holiday. He has been suspended one game by the NFL, and his appeal on that suspension, you might not even know this, it happened on your drive over here, Anthony, has been upheld. So he will be suspended for one game uh, for his excessive fighting with Panthers cornerback Josh Norman throughout Sunday's game against the Panthers. Yeah, one little nuts. It was kind of a bit of a meltdown. I do not buy any of the excuses that he's given for, for this behavior. I mean, no one's had a meltdown quite like that, and everybody talks trash. Right. Well, there's been reports that have come out that, you know, Michael Irvin, who works here, you know, said that people have been questioning Odell's sexual orientation all season long, and that was getting him angry. Uh, there was also the story that the Panthers had a bat out on the field. 
the Giants punter Brad Wing, who uh, went to LSU with Beckham, recounted uh, a story before the game where one of the Panthers had a baseball bat and approached the receiver, and he said, I'll be the reason you don't play today and <laughs> other t- and other days, which is pretty aggressive. It's very aggressive, uh, borderline <laughs> unacceptable, just because of the baseball bat. Like, that's what made me laugh, that, like, they saw Goodfellas the night before and were like, you know what would be cool? Is if we threatened him with uh, with equipment from other sports, you know, like football is not enough. Like they saw like the the Bo Jackson black and blue poster, and thought, you know what, that would look tough. Like uh, someone that must have had golf clubs. I bet somebody thought about throwing basketballs at him uh, before the game. <laughs> Sounds but like I, an Airbud, an idea for an Airbud movie. Ooh. Touchdown, Airbud. Are they still making sequels? They are. That would be uh, that would be a good one. I would uh, I would watch that movie. Like I've watched all Airbud movies. Yeah, I like Touchdown, <laughs> Airbud. I like how the Panthers coach Ron Rivera called out the Giants basically for leaking this information. I always like it when the when the coach gets down to it and kind of shows you how the sausage was made. Basically saying the Giants are leaking out these stories about the bat and about the sexual orientation and that it's all nonsense because he should have you know stayed under control and it doesn't really matter. And yep. they had been bringing the bat out for weeks and weeks. It was some stupid motivational ploy where they – you know, it was supposed to be something about toughness, you know, that that they carried the bat out with them. I, I don't know. It was something that they're going to hit home runs. They're going to hit people hard. Whatever. Doesn't, none of that makes sense. None but, of what you just said. But it's sense. true. It's true. The Saints actually used to do this, too. They would bring a bat out. It was like, we're going we're gonna to knock them out. I don't know. But coaches do this sort of stupid stuff all the time. And for whatever reason, it's acceptable. Bill Parcells used to put up mousetraps with cheese in it in the locker room as a way for the players to say, don't take the cheese. And that's supposed to be, don't Again. take the compliments that people are giving you. Don't take the cheese. That's, that's so dumb. I mean, the, the players must have lost so much respect for him when he did that. Like mousetraps with cheese because <laughs> they were eating too much He's cheese. He's considered one of the greatest uh, motivators in NFL history. I only, like, I only like when coaches bury things. Oh yeah, burying the ball. They yeah. got to bury the ball. <laughs> Forget about bury the ball. That's that's a Parcells thing. That's a Sperano thing. My favorite one was Jack Del Rio, the old Jaguars coach. Now he's the Raiders coach. He got in serious trouble because one of his motivational things was they got to keep chopping wood. And he had an axe in the locker room. And they after every game or every practice, someone would take the axe and you know hit some wood. But their punter, I forget who his n- name it is now. It's about <laughs> ten years ago. He axed his own leg, and he was out for the season. But you know, the, the the heavy axe, and he just chopped himself right in the leg. Well, what? That's a true story. I believe it. But the r- most ridiculous thing is, why was his slogan? We got to keep chopping wood. <laughs> like that's a terrible. That's a terrible slogan. It's not motivational at all. It's an insulting. It shows how little NFL coaches think of their players. Basically, that they can be motivated by these childish antics which wouldn't work you wouldn't think it would sound on like 14 he, year old it sound like he would have to think like the coach had to think of a motivational ploy and then just like like had five seconds to think of something and came up with chopping wood <laughs> a lot of people think that was Goodell again that people would think it was the same song it is not uh, a lot of imitators of Roger Goodell, and that was one one of the many uh, one of many knockoffs of his uh, of his uh, song "Xylophone, My Xylophone." I mean, we couldn't be complimenting Roger Goodell more that you know we 
we could be going to the two authorized hip hop tracks. I know that first one was was one of them I for Roger so. Goodell, but just the people demand more xylophone over and over again. We could never get sick of it. It's like my Christmas present to the world. So we're gonna do the hot take of the week right now. We usually do it at the end of the show, but there were so many uh, sizzling hot takes on the Odell Beckham controversy that I, I just wanted to get some sound on. And we're going to start with uh, one of my favorites, WFAN's Mike Francesa. You tell me Tom Coughlin was proud of that? I watched the post game. Tom didn't even criticize him in the post game. Well, he and I'll have a talk. I'm not going to get into it with you here. Oh, really? No, Tom, let him run all over the field like a clown. You're going to tell me that's Tom Coughlin who came to the team talking about the team needing discipline? Want me to drag out Tom's first speech? The Giants are in desperate need of discipline. Oh, really? Where'd that go? <laughs> that's how you're supposed to gonna run your team, Tom. It is time to leave. That is great. That sounds like my dad doing an impression of someone that he hates. Um, <laughs> I love Mike Francesa. I, I lived in New York for 10 years. There was nothing better than Mike and the Mad Dog after like a big Yankees loss and just seeing him absolutely lose his mind. And usually I disagree with the hot takes. Uh, I definitely don't feel as emotional about Odell Beckham as, as Francesa did. But he's basically right. I think this is the end of Tom Coughlin, and this is going to be one of the final things that kind of kicks him to the curb. Yeah, I think it reflects more, more on Coughlin than it does on uh, on Beckham. But I, I just like uh, describing a wide receiver as running all over the field like a clown <laughs> uh, is, a great, uh, is a great way to describe someone. Uh, let's, let's listen. Francesa really had a lot of great points. We've got more Francesa. Everything with him is me, me, me. Make a catch, dance all over the field. Pre-game, put on a show. Wear ridiculous stuff on the field. Go over there to the mug to the fans during the game. Enough already. You're part of a team. And you're not even part of a good team. <laughs> None of those are excuses for why he shouldn't why he shouldn't do those things. He's a wide receiver. Of course, you want to do you want to see pre-game warm-ups. Right. You want to see uh you want to see the blonde hair. You know, you want to see him dancing after a touchdown. A lot of it seemed to be describing you on your birthday. Yes, except for the dancing. I don't think I don't think I danced. No. If I did, you're not a real dancer. I'm trying to remember more, more of uh, the dinner and and whatnot. It would have come to me throughout the show. You're right, though, that <laughs> the wide receivers. Uh, this is what wide receivers are on some level, and I think Odell Beckham got punished. He got suspended for a game. He's losing a game check. The Giants have a big game this but week, but not for dancing, right? Not for like, yeah. not for not for his pregame warmups, which are awesome, right? It's supposed to be. Who cares? He's an entertainer. It's all about him. This is a totally separate thing that he just lost his mind, and I think a lot of people were going crazy killing Beckham this week, and saying that no one's ever been like this before. Mike Wilbon, uh, who hosts PTI on ESPN, he tweeted out, "I can't remember ever seeing Jerry Rice." Chris Carter, Michael Irvin, or any of the greats behaving as a lunatic as Beckham has today. Jerry Rice? Okay, that's true. Edited because Greg took it too far. So they're saying, like, I can't remember any of the greats. Like, the the greats did plenty of stuff. Jerry Rice was so crazy that he complained about not getting enough respect after being named MVP of the goddamn (laughs) Super Bowl. Uh, That's how crazy Jerry Rice was. And everyone else you named had a cocaine problem. All right? Uh, Odell Beckham can do whatever he wants. I think the reason it was so crazy was because people liked him so much before this, they just couldn't believe Mm. that he uh, he did this. But all Odell needs to do is get some cocaine. I don't know what that was, but I'm going to listen to it when I work out. <laughs> Devin Taylor, uh, the Detroit Lions defensive end, not a well-known player, became a little more well-known this week when he showed up to Monday Night Football in New Orleans. By the way, they showed Giacomo's. 
during Monday Night Football. They and did. When they were coming in from the break, one of the great restaurants in America and certainly in, in New Orleans got me excited. It's classic. Uh, Devin Taylor wore a suit on the way into the Superdome, which got some attention. It was called Gangsta Claws. Uh, it had dinosaurs, guns, trees, snowflakes, and hearts all over the suit. Not just dinosaurs, Greg. Uh, T-Rex, which is, I think is important to note. Uh, my favorite thing about this is that the suits cost $99.95. <laughs> That is how much that suit costs, like, online. Uh, and he looked pretty sharp. You can get it. It looked tailored. Google Gangsta Claus. Maybe that's what I'll get you for your birthday. Don't, it, my birthday's over. It was yesterday, and you blew it. Christmas, maybe. <laughs> <You're coming> <laughs> <over>. <laughs> I, w- I would love to see the Christmas present that you get me. Um, what would your suit, if you were going to get a suit with, pat- with a cool <laughs> pattern on it, what would your pattern be? Well, i got to start with footballs. Um, you got to start there? Well, yeah, you know. Like that's your base. It pays my it pays my way. So I would go, footballs, tacos, uh, symbols of hurricanes, Airbud, and then uh, machine guns. Touchdown, Airbud. <laughs> okay, that's funny because I was looking at your notes earlier and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what is, what is that? What did he write down uh, when I saw symbols for tacos? Um, I would have. I think my suit would just be, it would be almost exactly the same, only my suit would have smaller suits on it. And in those tiny suits, it would have a dinosaur, a handgun, and a Christmas tree. I think, uh, I think that would be pretty dope. Or, or uh, giant versions of me. You know what I mean? Like just a lot of me, but way bigger than the actual suit. My suit's better. I don't know the people how know work. it. <laughs> starting to get sick of that song but just barely not enough to actually change it but uh i think that's a sign of a good song when you can hear it this many times you just start to get a little bit tired of it. well i was starting to wonder are we gonna you know each week we've had different music really on the show whether that's possibly going to be scrapped and it's just all xylophone all the time until we absolutely prevent anyone from ever listening to this podcast ever again each week the subscriber numbers go down and down i'll stop playing it when Goodell stops making it, you know what I mean, which is probably going to be never. That guy, I mean, especially around the holidays, I think he, I think he kind of does it to relieve stress. It just seems like after a long hard day, you want to uh, you want to bang out the Zai. Especially with the concussion movie coming out, mm-hmm. there's he, a lo- there's a lot. He scored the concussion movie. <laughs> Edited to keep Greg's job. I don't know if you heard Jason Pierre Paul this week. He really spoke at length for the first time about the incidents that occurred and led to uh, his hand disfigurement this offseason where he lost, you know, a finger and a half. And he was quoted finally, you know, talking to the public and revealing what it was and what happened. He said, quote, the fireworks just went off in my hand. (laughs) I love it. When I heard this, I laughed so hard. Hey, hey, Jason Pierre-Paul, the firework just went off in your hand? No, shh. Of course it did. Uh, the The only other like explanation would be that you were watching The Simpsons and thought, you know what? I want my hands to look like their hands. Um, let me let me slam a couple of these hands off, a couple of these fingers off, either in a car door or with some fireworks, because this would really take my career to the next level.
<laughs> was that a new one? Was that a new song or is that the same one we've been playing? No, I can't. it's a new one. That's okay. a new one. It's a new one. Thank you, Brandon. A uh, little variety. Uh, but again, that was still that was still the G-Man. It was definitely a little longer. A little bit. It, it's really testing. Not long enough. theory about whether this was a good idea. Jets. <laughs> the New York Jets this week have their biggest game in three or four years against the Patriots. And uh, one of the guys helping them out on the practice squad throughout the week is Joe Anderson. Not a well-known player or name, but he became famous, Anthony, a little earlier this season, six weeks ago. He stood outside the Houston Texans stadium for multiple days asking for a job. And he took a picture of Instagram on it. People kind of went by. This is a guy that had been in the NFL. He'd been on practice squads on teams during the summer, but never really stuck. So he basically pulled off this stunt just standing outside, you know, like a homeless person holding a sign. And here we are six weeks later. It worked. He is in the NFL. He's on the New York Jets. Uh, is there is there a person in the entire league you think who's who's less respected than that <laughs> who's less respected than Joe Anderson around the locker room? There's no way. There's no way anyone even talks to him. Odell Beckham, maybe right now. I don't know. I don't not know. Too popular. I mean, not pop- it's not a popularity contest. It's a respect thing. You know, what I mean, you can be very popular and still not respected. So you're saying it wasn't worth it for Joe Anderson to debase himself like this. You're not seeing it. People look at this and they're thinking, wow, what a story of humbling perseverance that this guy sort of put himself out there like that. He wanted to continue his career so bad. He has two kids. He has a wife. And he wanted to fight for it that much that he was willing to basically humiliate himself to get a job. Yeah, but that's not how jobs work. Like, that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, you should not. You should have some pride in yourself. Have some self-respect, uh, Joe Anderson. And I hope you're, uh, hope you're out of the league. You know what I mean? The, the faster we can get Joe Anderson out of the league, the faster we can get more golden retrievers to play the game. Touchdown, Airbus. I'm not a I'm not a Joe Anderson fan. No one's buying that jersey. I'll tell you that right now. No. I'm going to buy Joe Anderson jerseys and give them to homeless people, <laughs> so I can try to get his good name back. I don't think they have practice squad jerseys, anyways. I don't know. <laughs> That's Goodell just showing off. You think, you think the song's over, and he's like, "Nope, I got a little, uh, I got a little curveball for you toward the end." It's amazing. Keeps getting longer and longer. That song. Des Bryant this week uh, was in the news, not for anything he did recently, but for a video that surfaced on a Oklahoma State website where it showed Des Bryant in college challenging a horse to a race, and. You know, you won't believe this, but the horse won. It was the mascot, right? The horse was the mascot. He of took the out school. Des Bryant. That makes more sense. That must be true. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't just like a horse walking by, and he was like, <laughs> he was like, What's I up? didn't really put it all together, but that makes more sense. You see, even though you're hungover, you're really sharp right now. I'm. I, I could not be sharper. Uh, but I'll tell you, who wasn't sharp was Des. I watched the video. Des sucks. <laughs> all right, I would have killed that horse in a race. You got to be <laughs> smart, Des. You got to outthink the horse. You can't just try to power past it. You can't just try to use your speed. You got to outthink the horse. Does you got to outthink the horse? I I uh, I was taken with it right at the end of the video. Des Bryant kind of walks by the camera, and they're like, "What happened, Des?" And he goes, "I don't know." 
Like, I know what happened. You just raced a horse. I mean, <laughs> that's Bryant and Chris Johnson and all these guys. They always try to race these really fast animals. There was a whole Chris Johnson <laughs> versus a cheetah thing for a while. It, every offseason, this, this pops up. And, and the NFL players genuinely believe that they're going to beat the horse or beat the cheetah. And it never happens. They always lose. It's like your boy Ike Taylor. He he was saying he could beat Carl Lewis in a race, and there was no, you know, Carl Lewis in his prime versus like Taylor. He's going to take him out, and there's a hundred percent belief that it's they actually it's going to happen. I liked uh, the only kind of animal like racing that I enjoyed. I liked when Joey Porter uh, had two pit bulls that killed a show pony. <laughs> Did you remember <laughs> that? It's the pitbulls that got out of his that got out of his fence and just went and sk- killed a little Shetland pony, one of those mini ponies. Uh, I'd like to see that video. This is gonna be my mom's least favorite part of the show. <laughs> if you're sick of that song, it's because you're not really paying attention. You know what I mean? It's the notes that he doesn't play <laughs> that make it so amazing. Aaron Hernandez, my boy. Appeared in court. Why would he be your boy? Because uh, he killed a couple people. He's a murderer. Ben He's can, a, the yeah. best patriot of all time. He, it's really crazy that he... It's one of the most underrated things is that they signed him to a massive long-term deal. Just now? No. <laughs> right before this all happened, which basically bankrolled you know, all his lawyers and all of that. Like He had already been in the middle of a multi-murdering spree at the time that this happened. He gets about, He's actually a really cool guy. He appeared in court yesterday for a hearing for his next murder trial, not the one that he's in jail for now that everyone really followed. Not the but, one that's over. Right. Yeah. But there's going to be another trial. He, he appeared in court. He wore a T-shirt. And for the first time, he revealed a new tattoo on his neck. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a tattoo with a five-star symbol, which is commonly associated uh, with the gang, the Bloods. I don't know. I don't know how well you you know all this. Not you know. I first saw it and I thought kind of cowboy. Maybe the Cowboys had signed him to some under the table deal. Kind of looked like the Cowboys star. So maybe when he gets out, Jerry Jones thinks you know he'll he'll be at a cheap value. But no, it's a gang type of thing. I mean, I I thought that it was funny because I I had to read up a, l- a little bit about this. Um, that the five pointed star means the Bloods. It, aren't all stars five pointed? <laughs> Don't all stars have five points? Um, and it does. It does kind of look like he got signed by the Cowboys, which I think is funny. Uh, I think it's funny that the Cowboys have a, a blood symbol as their as their logo. Um, <laughs> but as a lifelong Crip, Greg, I'm gonna have to say I give a thumbs down here. I know Goodell has my back. He beat me into the Crips. <laughs> You know, I don't know. I'm like now that I listen to this more, I'm going deeper and deeper into it, into this cut. I feel like I don't know if my least favorite or my favorite part is the squeak sound. Is the uh, you know, I mean, it's all xylophone. A and little it's clown like a, horn. Yeah, a little clown yeah. horn in there. I don't know if that's my favorite or my least favorite. Yeah, I think but the whole thing's my least favorite at this moment. Whoa, it's memorable. What, what did you say? What? You heard me. That's what the mute button's for, Brandon, for when you talk. 
You better edit this whole th- whole thing out. What the heck, Brandon? Yeah. I thought we were all like a group here, the three amigos. We got Brandon on the ones and twos playing Goodell's greatest hits, and you're going to get throw attitude? You're going to throw shade at me? I don't think so. No attitude. He is your boss's 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 boss, Roger Goodell. That's if true. he finds out, this is the stuff he's passionate about. I, I think it's the worst part of the song, though. It's like It's like he didn't have faith in the music, and he had to resort to some sort of chicanery you know what i mean i'll tell you what happened is that he was he was laying it down and somebody just kind of walked in do you know what i mean and there was someone like hey can i be a part of this and he wouldn't be rude he said here take the clown horn and uh get a co-written credit on the song <laughs> uh now greg this has been a good week for me uh the steelers have uh kind of laid claim to the sixth seed i think uh i was hoping, i was hoping the jets would lose to the cowboys but they pulled out they pulled it out but uh still the steelers won and now are in the sixth seed it makes me think if the playoffs started today what would happen? Yeah, we're we're all done with headlines, and we're getting close to the NFL playoffs. And RG, the Rosenthal and Jess Lick Vanity Project, RGVP, will continue throughout the playoffs and hopefully beyond. You know, if you guys keep supporting us. But I wanted to break down some of the playoff scenarios. We do a lot of jokes on the podcast, but I just wanted to basically said if the playoffs started today, what would the NFL playoffs look like? And start you know looking at it as a preview. So if the playoffs started today. The New York Jets would be out, as you mentioned. The Steelers and the Chiefs would have the final AFC wildcard spots. With Pittsburgh, your Steelers, looking great lately, opening in Denver. be a tough, tough opening game in Denver right now. But if the playoffs started today, that's how it would happen. I will smoke Denver. Um, you know, if the playoffs started today, I would just think, where's my life gone? Did two weeks just disappear completely? Have I experienced some sort of trauma? Did I kill a man? <laughs> have I lost a child? <laughs> what could have happened that I would black out this much time? The playoffs start today? What has ended then? The time would play such a cruel joke. I'll kill you. I'll kill you dead. Let's take it to Recommendation Station, which is what I'm going to start calling uh, We Recommend Things. Uh, I want to do Westerns Okay. Uh, this week, Greg. Um, I, saw, I saw a great one of my – I saw two of my favorite five movies of the year this week, uh, just randomly. One wow. is on On Demand right now. You guys, you've got to see this movie. I can't believe I slept on it. It's called Bone Tomahawk. It's a Western starring Kurt Russell. Uh, Patrick Wilson is in it. Um, Matthew Fox couple other people. It is a badass kind of Western slash horror movie. I actually, I made my friend watch it last night uh, at, at one in the morning. Um, and I don't remember any of it. Uh, but I've seen it three times <laughs> in the past like four or five days. And that is a, a great movie. You've got to see Bone Tomahawk. Big year totally for Kurt Russell. And uh, The Revenant. I saw the, I got a screener. I saw The Revenant uh, from the guy who did Amoris Peros, the director. Uh, movie we saw it together. Um, one of the many subtitled films we've seen in the theater. Great uh, movie. It's, it's an incredible movie, The Revenant. Incredible. One of the top five of the year, for sure. I don't have as much history with Westerns as you, um, but I did see one that's coming out, and, and I got to see a little bit of a preview of it, and I'm excited. I think this might wind up being one of the greatest Westerns of all time. From the creators of Air Bud and Air Buddies, yeah! get ready for the fast... 
and the furriest. A talking monkey has been living in my house. This monkey is going under. <laughs> Was that the monkey's voice at the end? That I was, didn't get to see the clip. That was the monkey's voice. In in that scene, he ends up getting in a bathtub with a naked woman. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> What's the movie rated? Uh, I don't know. They're, they're, they're still looking at that. It's coming out soon. But but the the makers of Air Bud, they're not willing to just lie down and uh, and let life come to them. They're still moving on. They're going with Monty the monkey. You know, they're, they're still getting royalties from the Air Buddies Save Christmas movie, which is a, another great one for the kids at this time of year. But they're going Monty the Monkey in January. I might have to show that to the kids. I don't like that they have to say the creators of Air Bud and Air Buddies. You know <laughs> That's what I mean? insulting to Air Bud. Yeah, we know. <laughs> we know. You can't do one without the other. And and then this whole monkey thing, I think that's going to be the end of the uh, Airbud franchise. I think uh people tune in to see Airbud, they want to see they want to see a dog getting hit with uh, hit with balls. Touchdown. Airbud. Unless that monkey gets hit in the face by a golf ball, I'm going to assume then uh, then I'm not I'm not going to see it. So Greg, you check it out with the kids and then you let me know uh if I should, if I should uh, see it. You know, you know what I feel bad for are the parents who have only a couple days before Christmas when they've got to run out and try to get a xylophone for their kids. Kids are going to be screaming for this, <laughs> screaming for their own xylophone, and you know stores just aren't going to aren't going to have them. It's going to be uh, it's going to be rough. But it's uh, it's a great instrument. Uh, I can't play it, but just because I can't doesn't mean that you shouldn't uh, take lessons from Roger Goodell. I'd love to see like an advanced metric study of how how big a percentage the xylophone has been in this show. It's, oh, been like, it's, it's been like 45% xylophone. Yeah, it's been it's been a xylophone-heavy episode. But wait until next week. <laughs> wait until next week. You haven't seen nothing yet. Patrick Greenaway is our listener that sent in to Ask Anthony this week. That's our oh. weekly segment, of course, uh, where we ask for questions on Twitter. Patrick Greenaway asked, Anthony, what is your definition of true love, real love? What's my definition of real love? Um, okay, I had to think about it for a second, but uh, this might take me a little bit. Um, my definition of real love. Uh, yes, indeed. Once again, for those who don't know, with the sounds of the youngest DJ in charge, Ron G, I want to say what's up to Mary and that this Uptown Classic. Give it to him. Take him uptown to the polo ground. 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 We are lovers true and through. And though we made it through the storm, I really want to realize, I really want you to put on. I've been searching for someone to satisfy my every need. Won't you be my inspiration? Be the real, be the real love that I need. Real love. I'm searching for the real love. Someone to set my heart free. Real love. I'm searching for real love. Oh, when I met you, I just knew that you would take my heart and run until you told me how you felt for me. You said, I'm not the one. So I slowly came to see all of the things that you were made of. And now I hope my dreams and inspiration lead me towards a real love. Real love. I'm searching for the real love. Someone to set my heart free. Real love. I'm searching for real love. I've got to have a real love. Love so true and oh baby. I thought that love was you. I thought you were the answer to the question in my mind. But it seems that I was wrong. 
if I stay strong, maybe I'll find a real love. I'm searching for a real love. Someone to set my heart free. Real love. I'm searching for a real love. Edited for too much hateration in this dancery. Look up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. Nope, it's Mary Jane, and a damn thing changed. Kicking ill flavor with the Teflon Don. Record shop getting props. She got it going on. So what's it going to be? The real one? The fake one? You need a minute to think for whom you better take? What up? My time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn. Helping daddy-o. Hey, yo, bring the verse in. So I try my best and pray to God. He'd send me someone real to caress me and to guide me towards the love my heart can feel. Now I know I can be faithful. I can be your all in all and give you good loving through the summertime, winter, spring, and fall. Real love. I'm searching for the real love. Someone to set my heart free. Real love. I'm searching for a real love. You see, I'm searching for a real love. And I don't know where to go. I've been around the world high and low and still will never know how it feels to have a real love because it seems there's none around. I gotta end it in this way, because it seems he can't be found. Real love. I'm searching for the real love. Someone to set my heart free real love. I'm searching for a real love. It's that flavor. That's what I'm talking about. Ain't no other way to explain it. Anthony, did you just read the lyrics in their entirety, including every chorus of Real Love by Mary J. Blige, Notorious P.I.G. and Puffy? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, great acting, by the way, uh, by asking me that question at the end. It really seemed natural and uh, not like we planned it. What was that? Goodell. Okay. Obviously. Um. Cool. Now I want to read it again. Do another chance. You, you want to do? You want to do? Your I want to do it again. Yeah. Try it. Anthony, did you just read the lyrics in their entirety of "Real Love" by Mary J. Blige, Notorious B.I.G., and Puff Daddy? Hey, let me let me do it. <clears throat> Anthony, did you just read the entire lyrics to Mary J. Blige's "Real Love" featuring Biggie and Puffy? A little better. That's better. I can't think it's better. Thank you. A lot better. Thank you. Uh, do we have a listener of the week, Greg? We do. On iTunes, we encourage you to leave your comments each and every week. Give us five stars. Do all that fun stuff because uh, that helps us uh, in the iTunes ratings, and it's cool just to hear from you. We uh, we got one from a listener. I can't say his name, so you got to be careful with what what you use. But uh, he says this podcast is funky, funky, fresh. He says a Cowboys as a Cowboys fan this season, this podcast is the only joy I get from the NFL. I followed Greg from around the NFL to here. Had no idea who Anthony was, but after just four episodes, it's safe to say I like Anthony more than Greg. Roger Goodell drops a lot of heat between segments, and I often find myself having to put pat the small fires that burn my ear hairs. Hmm. I like uh I like that. That was a that was a nice one. I, I, I think it's kind of a shame you can't say his name. Um but that's I think your problem. Let's uh let's do some predictions. Do you want me to music here? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. No, but don't edit this either. <laughs> let's do some predictions. Uh Greg, I've got four this week and I've got a segment uh I wanna couch my predictions with a segment called If Santa Claus is real. Mm. 
You know what I mean? I, you, like Santa Claus probably doesn't exist. No one knows for sure. But if he is real, I think we could see some topsy-turvy results in, uh, in this week's game. So why don't you go ahead and uh, give me a prediction. And I'll, my brother, in a big jerk move, opened my door when I was three or four years old and just screamed at me that Santa wasn't real because uh, he wanted to get back at me for something. Sounds like you've been thinking about that for years. <laughs> was that how you found out that he didn't exist? I mean, I don't really remember. I was three or four, but probably. I remember when I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real, that I was furious. Furious at all the adults who tried to, like, perpetrate that lie for so long. It just feels stupid. I don't think I ever really got felt. I never really got too deep into it because we were, you know, we wouldn't, didn't really do the Christmas Santa thing. They didn't do it too hard, and he told me too early before I ever knew. But if Santa was real, I think that's really going to inform these picks. And so I'm going to start by giving you my picks. Starting with the Jets-Patriots, which I think is one of the most fascinating games of the week. A lot of people think the Jets are going to win this game because the Patriots are so banged up. But those are the types of games the Patriots always win. When when people start picking against them and things don't look great, this has been almost an underrated Tom Brady season at this point. Cam Newton getting the MVP, Carson Palmer, this and that. It's been one of Tom Brady's best seasons of his career. He's going to have his best game against the Jets and get a win on the road. Clinch that number one seed. You're such a homer. But this is actually the the one time I'm rooting for the Patriots all season. I want the Jets to lose. I want a little breathing room. I, I'm, uh, I'm a little, little unsure about uh, my playoff chances right now. Uh, Washington at Philadelphia. Now, Washington should win this game. But, but, Greg, if Santa Claus is real, then Philly over Washington. And I shouldn't have spent five years in jail for throwing reindeer off my roof. <laughs> I had a theory. Who else was going to test it out? And the only reason those reindeer didn't fly is I forgot to add the bells, but I know that now, and that's the accomplishment. I don't regret it at all. My second pick this week, Packers-Cardinals. What a game. Could be a playoff preview. Two of the top four seeds in the NFC. Certainly two of the best quarterbacks in the league. The Cardinals, though, to me are, as I said last week, best team in the league. They showed it again against Philadelphia. They're at home. I think they're going to send a message that the Packers really aren't in their league. Win this game comfortably over Green Bay. Okay. Okay, that's not a bad pick. Uh, Indianapolis at Miami. You know, Indy has a lot to play for. So if Santa Claus is real, then the Colts win at Miami. And I should be able to cut down any tree I want any time I want to do it. It's my property if I'm standing on it. That's how my mind works. Christmas spirit is no joke. I'll pay a guy to cut down all the trees. Get your oxygen from your mother's teat. Oh, that's right, you can't. She suffocated in Yuletide celebration. It's a gift of the Magi situation. (laughs) My third game this week, Seattle-St. Louis. NFC West tilt. You might not remember back in week one, the Rams actually won the first time these two teams played. And the Rams have beaten the Seahawks quite a bit over uh, the years that Jeff Fisher has been there. Not very good outside of the division, very good inside the division. So is this game going to be close? No, it's not. Seattle is playing better than any team in the league except for Arizona. They're going to be angry, and they're going to win by 30. Seattle's going to win by 30. Yeah. That was a curveball. I thought you were going uh, going Rams, and you turned it around on me. Uh, New York at Minnesota. Minnesota has a lot riding on the game, but the Giants are playing for pride. So if Santa Claus is real, then he must be exhausted. An exhausted, bitter skeleton of a man. <laughs> His wife died so long ago from the great fever that he can't even remember her face. He takes no pleasure in life, and the only food he can hold down is sour milk. He just wants to die, but every one of those little elves push him into that sleigh full of presents, and he must deliver. He only knows he must deliver. Giants win. Hmm. 
My final pick, Cincinnati and Denver. I would argue this is the most important game of the year in the NFL. I'm not I'm not trying to be funny. <laughs> it is. The winner basically it's a playoff game. The winner wins a playoff game essentially because they'll be either the Bengals will clinch a bye, they're in the final eight, or the Broncos will have control of that bye and they're in the final eight. But if the Broncos lose this game, they might fall right out of the playoffs. They're gonna they might not win the division. They might not even get a wild card. Maybe Pittsburgh passes them, for instance. So it's as big as it gets, and I think Cincinnati is a better team from top to bottom than Denver, and I think they're going to go on the road, A.J. McCarron or not, win that game. You're crazy. You're crazy, but I, I dig that about you. Uh, final one from me, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Pittsburgh screwed themselves out of the playoffs with a bad game against a division rival, but if Santa Claus is real, then expect the Steelers to win big on the road. Also, if St. Nick really did exist and he was arrested for child molestation, no one would be surprised. Literally every single person would say, yeah, yeah, that makes epic sense. It all makes sense. The presence while you're sleeping. You see him out in public and you have to sit in his lap for one of his sick pictures. You know he gets copies of the good ones. It all makes sense. Pittsburgh wins. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I cannot wait to be blasting that in my car as I drive out of here. Blasting it. And I drive a nice car. Uh, Greg, uh, before we get out of here, uh, I'm, I'm going to see them this weekend uh, for Christmas, a Christmas day. Uh, but tell me, how are my godkids doing? How are, your, uh, how are your son and daughter, Walker and Ellis? Well, Walker is doing well, and Ellis is out of school this week, and she's really been looking forward to Christmas each and every day. She talks about what kind of presents. Happy are- holidays. All right, this is Mark Sessler from the Around the NFL podcast. You know, I'm sitting here with Wes, and we don't do bits. We just sat through that entire podcast. What were your thoughts? If you like hip-hop and humor and towing the line between what you're allowed to say and what you can't say, the Jesselnick and Rosenthal Vanity Project, that's for you. RTVP. You were supposed to be promoing the Around the NFL podcast, Mark, and telling them that you can listen to the Week 16 preview where we previewed all the games, hardcore football, and you just totally forgot about it. You're my supervisor. Keep me in line. 